When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Fright Schoolers. This is Joe. Um, As we do from time to time, which is not normally what we do, but as we do, uh, sometimes Joshua and I, due to scheduling conflicts, have to watch a movie separately. So, uh, this week's movie, From Beyond, with our special guest, Brennan, um, we're watching separately. And uh, I'm about to turn it on. It is... um, very late at night, and I'm going to watch it. A horror film by myself. Uh, yeah. Um, you'll hear my thoughts in just a sec. All right, here we go. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Hello, hello, hello. Fuck. Wrong show. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. (laughs) We're back in the workroom. No, I kid. We're in the West Craven (laughs) Memorial Library for another exciting episode of Fright School. Hi. Hi. Uh, what's going on? What's new? What's happening? Anything exciting in your you know life? What? In I, your life? In my life is uh, I am uh, eagerly anticipating the return of Pose, given all the stuff that's been going on with uh, uh, Billy Porter's look from the Met Gala. <laughs> I know it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. and Camp. And, yeah, and I love all the uh, like the poster, like the images they're putting on like Instagram and Facebook and all the social, all the social meds. All they, the social meds. Beautiful. Meets. They look wonderful. They're. Uh, Joshua, if you were to have had your look, what would you have gone with? What's your camp look look like? I don't know. I have been wanting to ask you this for about a week. Yeah, well, and I keep trying to think, like, what would I have done? And I don't know. I would have wanted to went, like, wild divine. You know what I mean? Like, I would have wanted to do big hair, big makeup, glitter beard. Yes, I don't want to. I don't want to shave my beard. But I would have wanted to look like that. You know, eyebrows painted up, you know, very Ursula- you know, um, serving, serving divine and, uh, pink flamingos, yes. you know, that red dress with a gun. <laughs> Although that wouldn't play so well, but no, it would have had to be in a banana or something. Yeah. But, um, to be truly camp. Yeah. I would have wanted to do something like that. Something that was like evocative of like, you know, that in horror, you know, um, I always really enjoyed, uh, who was it? Um, was it Raja that did like the carry at prom with like, yes, the, yes. that I think is wonderful. And I would love to do something like that or like a drag queen Cenobite, <laughs> you know, something that was, yes, horror, yes. but you know, fun. And you know, that's what I would have done. What I, about you? I would have done well. I mean, assuming that you would have let me, I would have loved to do a couple's costume with you and I would have gone as fat John waters. Ha <laughs> And had the pencil mustache and everything. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I also thought about like, I mean, you're thinking about camp. Like, what if I went as like, you know, <laughs> what if I got exactly what Anna Wintour wore and then I wore that? 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With big glasses, a bob cut. Exactly. Yeah. And just be like, it's this camp. Yeah. It's reproduction. Yeah. 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 We've had a, a very hard time defining what camp is this week. Everybody's weighing in all of it all, all of a sudden. All these all these uh, folks, all these straight folks. Yes. It's like, that's not camp. <laughs> it's like, who tells us what is camp? No. But yeah. It was very interesting to see all the conversations. And somebody asked, and you know, I don't really know. Like, it's it's like anything. It's like that pornography thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I know it when I see it. Yes. Obscene. Obscenity. Yeah. You know, when, when uh, it's hard to explain. So it's, yeah. Yeah, people were asking me at work, and I'm like, <laughs> "What's camp, Joshua?" Right? Explain it's, it's like, it. like a gay thing, right? No, nobody said that to me. Um, I wish they would, because maybe I could sue. <laughs> 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 Not them personally, but just like in know, general, just yes. the, the 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 corporation, um, Jubilee Goop Corporation, to quote um, <laughs> Maria Bamford. <laughs> Uh, that I work for, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I can't really define what that means either. But when I see stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty. That's camp. That's camp. Know? That's like when my sister asked me once, uh, "What is basic?" Yeah, and I was like, "Well, you." <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's like, "Am I basic?" She was very defined. She was like, "Who determines what is basic?" And then I started naming things. At first, seriously, and then just absurdly and arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know. Well, Chloe Seven need defines Exactly. It. What is basic? Basic. <laughs> right. It's like, it's recently come to my attention that I am basic. <laughs> no. Drew Druggie's going to come for us now. Um, it's okay. But he yes. can. I'd love to ask him about um, Heather's. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> and Carrie and all kinds of other things. He'd, mm-hmm. be, he'd be fun to talk to. So, yeah, please come. Yeah, we'll Drew Jogi, please we'll come. We'll lock on. him in here and put he, a mic on. He is a horror fan. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard him on other uh, horror podcasts. So, yeah, that'd be awesome if he came for us. Did I tell you that I met him once and I said that my friend Joshua really loves you as well as I do and we yeah. both love horror? Yeah. And he was like, that's great, honey. Now, please get now, off my get, jacket. Get off <laughs> go like, my arm. It's like, can you please? Please go get my car now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll have the never-ending pasta bowl. Because when you're here. Uh, <laughs> when you hear your family. Yeah, actually, yeah. Shout out to the Jersey Ghouls. We'll be chatting with them soon. Yes, we so. will. Uh, what else do we have coming up soon? Midsummer Scream. I keep forgetting to mention it. Yes. Actually, I think we've only had like two episodes. Where yeah, we've been but, but, it, but they're there and you can get your 20% off tickets. Yes, use Fright School, code Fright School for 20% off tickets, August 3rd and 4th. We're going to be there with a booth doing um, all kinds of horror Fright School things. So yes. come visit us. Uh, we got a couple friends coming. We're going to take lots of photos and do other things. There's going to be a what. panel about witches that just announced yes, today. I saw that. A panel about real life witches. Yeah, so midsummerscream.org uh, and then get your tickets. It's 20% off with code Fright School. Yes. I'm trying to think what else uh, has been going on this week. I am totally obsessed with this queer country artist, Orville Peck. Yes. Tell me, I, I listened yeah. to a little bit of the video that I saw you posted, his music video, and I was like, um, I'm all here for this. Yeah, the album is great. It's very interesting because it's like he's, you know, he keeps kind of, he's got, you know, sort of a... Um, 
an image and you know he's he wears a like a zorro mask with like a fringe mm-hmm. thing it's very sia but not uh and he keeps it's very valentina right exactly very valentina and i keep seeing him in um you know i keep reading articles with him where he's just like i don't know but like my name's orville peck and i'm a country star like that's like he keeps saying it in every interview so it's very interesting what he's kind of doing uh but the music though i mean again i don't care he can do whatever he wants like you know masks or you know be if that's a gift or if it's just part of the artist I don't care because the music is great uh, it's solid it's very very good music it's a little outlaw country but it also has some like up moments that remind me of like um, New Order or Joy Division because it's, oh. it's interesting because it's like these country type songs and his voice is very Elvis Johnny Cash you know you've heard um, but he has these like dream pop guitars, you know, it's very interesting, uh, the sound. So I highly recommend people see him. And that's like, that's queer corner today. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, queer, like country cowboy. So, and the, the album's called pony. And who doesn't love that? Yeah. He's coming here to, uh, he's going to be in San Diego at the Casbah in August. I'm told Ooh. by his management, um, or at least they responded to my come to San Diego, uh, comment that I put. <laughs> That I put on the on the you on know the now Facebook. you know that every time you comment now I'm listening to hear that voice yeah you should be like happy birthday Joe yeah <laughs> you should uh, no I enjoy telling artists uh, where to travel to you know I've never been to the Casbah maybe I'll go oh my gosh Joe I'm just <laughs> I was told you have to Sharif- stop saying these things when they're recorded it's so embarrassing <laughs> um, the, I was told the Sharif don't like it right uh, no the Casbah is incredible you should go it's a really fun little tiny venue and the shows are always a good time I've been I don't even know how many times I've been there uh, but that's my obsession this week. I've been listening to the album nonstop. I got it on vinyl. I sat in this very room, drinking wine, listening to it last night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I fell dead fuck asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is my weekly obsession? My yeah. weekly obsession is... Uh, God. <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's uh, Instagram presence right now. Uh-huh. Because she, like, she has a garden that she tends... And she's been like tending her garden. And then she also was baffled by her garbage disposal. Oh. She had no idea. She's like, I've never seen this before. What is it? People tell me it's a garbage disposal. I have no idea what it is. And um, to find out that garbage disposals were illegal in New York City for a very long time. So a lot of people, especially people of her generation, have never seen one because they weren't allowed in the city. Wow. Because it like she turned it on, it was making like there was a noise, like there was like glass or a fork stuck inside. So, hmm. but it's just it, you know, it's one of those like they're just like us, right? Politicians are people too. They're just like us. Well, that, I mean, that's her whole. That's her bit. whole. That's her yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I just think I'm just like God. <laughs> this is this is like you know somewhere. So I I just also love that like somewhere someone is like so pissed off by it right <laughs> and i'm just like well yeah don't tell me you've never been baffled by your garbage disposal uh yeah i don't know my hey hemlock stop it yeah um we don't need your contribution to the sound design uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what was i gonna say i've forgotten Hmm, it's okay but yeah very normal uh no my garbage disposal i don't i mean it seems to work fine i i don't i, I don't know <laughs> If it breaks, I'm 
we'll call somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's a garbage. has anything to do with what you're talking garbage about. Garbage disposal and like dishwasher, those things where it's like, if it breaks, then we may not, we may fix it. We may not. Yeah. I think in our house, if it broke, it would just stay broke for a really long time before we did anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what is, there's a door, one of our, in our master bathroom that's like broken and I'm like, we have to fix that. And we have some shelving that we've been hanging up for five years. <laughs> next one, weekend one, one we'll do I'm, it next week one day i'm gonna come in and it'll be done and i'll be like oh my yeah. gosh yeah i know jeffrey's gonna get like a wild hair and do stuff but i'm like i'm not so if you want to hang it up hang it up so it just sits there um mother's day was yes. yesterday mother's day was yesterday right happy mother's day to uh those who celebrate and yeah. those who don't and you know Happy nondescript happy female day. identified uh, partners, child providers day. Right. Um, but also, if you know you don't like your mom, I'm. I hope that <laughs> you had a good day. Too. I hope you had. I hope you had <laughs> a great day. Hope you weren't too uh, guilted or too uh, shamed by society. Shamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking because I was like, um, let's. We got to celebrate monstrous moms, you know. So yes. I was like, we should um, encourage. You know, have 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 a day of movies, Joe. Watch Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And uh, although the mom's not monstrous, but it's mm, you know, yeah. So kind, well, kind of, but you know, one of them is right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you could watch that. You could watch the Babadook. Yes. Yeah, you could watch um, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, some moms, one, moms yes. go all out. They go, you know, all yeah. out for their children. Well, psycho. There's lots to learn. Yes, yeah, Psycho, mm-hmm. um, the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> the original Manchurian Candidate with Angela Lansbury right. as the mother of the uh, the guy they're trying to make president. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> Who's your favorite Happy mom. uh, monstrous mom? Um, I love, uh, Joan Crawford and mommy dearest. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christina. I want to be get the X. Um, Really? Yeah. I posted, well, I posted on, on, uh, Facebook, which usually I don't usually our, our unpaid intern and awesome friend, Brian of the show, uh, awesome friend of the show, Brian, uh, he handles the Facebook stuff. So if you uh, think it's one of us being clever, it's not. It's Joe. But I did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's Brian. It's definitely not me. No, it's Brian. And who, he's awesome. So, as always, thank you, Brian, for uh, all the work that you do, uh, posting cool, finding cool stuff. But I posted a uh, a whole, like, thing about appreciating Mommy Dearest and, you know, tips you can learn from her about, you know, g- helping your children succeed in the world, um, get proper nutrition, you know, learn order or an organization. Um <laughs> Oh Lord of mercy. Yeah. It's, it's a good little article. So read that if you plan to have children, I feel like Uh, if I have to pick, if I had to pick like of the, because we've watched a lot of films where mothers feature prominently. So if I had to pick a monstrous mother movie marathon, movie film festival, I would pick the following. I would pick inside. Yes. I would pick one. I would pick dumplings Mm. because, all she wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's what happens. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why I said that. Right. <laughs> it's not. A, I would pick dumplings. I would pick um, hereditary. Yeah. A quiet place. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good. There's some good ones. You yeah. Know, some there good, are uh, some good ones there. I definitely like the idea moments. of uh, Friday the Thirteenth as well. So there you go. Yeah. Inside, <laughs> dumplings. Hereditary, Quiet Place, and Friday the 13th. Your, your monstrous mother movie marathon. There we go. From uh, from all of us here at Fright School. Yes. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Uh, and if your mom is actually a nightmare in real life, then hey, uh, watch, I don't know, what are some good mom movies? Uh, Stepmom. Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> that- Stepmom. <laughs> With Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon and, uh, and, and Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. <laughs> and Ed Harris. Oh, there you go. I, you, re- you were ready for that. You, well, you're watching that tonight. Well, I have a really like... No, you have other things to do. But. I, have a, I have a very vivid memory of watching Stepmom. It was like as a child with like my aunt there and like she cried. It was the first time I saw like my mom and my I, an adult cry at a movie. And I was like, oh, wow, they're having feelings about, you know... Susan Sarandon dying of cancer. <laughs> I've not seen it. Thanks, Joe. You just spoiled it. You know what? You had time, so I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't. I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna clockwork orange you to make you watch Stepmom. Stepmom is that the one? <laughs> That's the one we're going for torture. Yes, we'll do it. So. You have to watch it. <laughs> well, Bask in the glow of Susan Sarandon. The um, uh, the girl in Stepmom is uh, the girl uh, who's uh, Donnie Darko's love interest. So oh. she's in she's in stepmom. Uh Jenna 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 Jenna. <laughs> we love you, Jenna. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she plays the She was in Saved as well. She was in Saved. Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. Yes. She's great in it because she has this um she's like telling a boy off and it's like, you know, you don't even know what snow blowing is. And I was like, what the fuck is snow blowing? I don't even know what that is either. So yeah. Maybe she meant snowballing. What is snowballing? Uh, we can uh, talk about that. <laughs> you can urban dictionary search that. And yeah. Well, you can just, you can ask the guys from horror movie night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They should would get know. on there. Get on the, um, would they know the though? Oh, I'm sure they know. <laughs> would they, do you think they've done it? Uh, I maybe, but I, I don't you know. You know what's going to happen? They're going to listen to this and we're going to get messages. <laughs> They're going to be like, actually Joe, <laughs> Let's so let's just leave it. Let's just leave that out there, and we'll see if they. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so if you're in horror movie night, listening to this right now, and Kyle, you you're you're in there too. We want it. We want messages. <laughs> we want to know. No, Joe wants messages. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, you 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 can learn all you need to learn from them. Uh, there are we adore them, dear listener. Yes, as you know. So please uh, check them out. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, that's kind of wraps up this week's little catch up. You still got to watch Drag Race, so we can't really talk about that too much. Yeah, I did. I did know there was uh, an article that was released by Out Magazine that was like, "It's the most shocking lip sync uh, results uh, ever." So you had to, check and I was out. like, "Well, I kind of have to know what this is about." So, yeah. which it really wasn't that shocking, but 
Um, I mean, it was shocking for who went home, and I was really upset about it. Um, not, I mean, not upset. I mean, I've, I've managed to go on. <laughs> it's like, have you managed? Uh, How do I live, Joshua? You know, but I was, I was disappointed in the win. I thought that the other person, the the person I thought was going to win, got robbed, and then the person that got sent home also got robbed. Mm. So I was annoyed, but. We'll talk about it when you see it. Okay. Um, otherwise, um, you know, listen, rate, subscribe, all of that. Thank you so much. We have lots of new subscribers. Yes. And people are listening. We're, you know, hitting milestones on Pinecast, you know, for number of listens. Yeah. I love it. For it's just so this fun. year, too. It's been yeah. great. We appreciate yeah. all of you. and We really, really, really do. So this is so much fun, and we get to keep doing it because you're actually listening. Yeah, and that was like, oh, God, we have an audience now. Yay, so we... audience. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, you're all, you are wonderful for listening to, to this. <laughs> so today I'm very excited because we have the second half of our talk with Brennan Klein from, oh, Attack of the Queer Wolf. Sorry, Lilium is ripping up my, uh, my knee. <laughs> yes, Lilium is digging into your, uh, your pierness. <laughs> she knows it's like, you know, it hurts hurts a little and she's trying to give me an, a knee replacement here yes um <laughs> no but uh tag of the queer wolf and uh scream 101 podcasts uh he was a joy to talk with on our last episode so today we are chatting with him about from beyond from 1986 so fun it's a it's a really fun chat where again we try to stay on track <laughs> <laughs> do a pretty oh, we do a good pretty job. good job um again you can yeah. you can always kind of tell when i'm when i have uh not the when i don't particularly like the film <laughs> i'm like oh do you like how this was gay and that was gay and you know mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was such a joy to to chat with him and yeah um, and to hang out for the afternoon was a blast yeah so. so yeah so thank you for tuning in and so right after the break we will uh, be joined by brennan to discuss from beyond yes That's why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it, huh? Same set as Castle. Um, what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> Justin Lung just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo-cachoo and shit. It's weird. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNPodcast.com. All right, welcome back. So, uh, we are here today to discuss the 1986 film From Beyond, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, uh, loosely based on uh, the work, a work by H.P. Lovecraft, which I forgot to look up what uh, year that came out. It was published first in 1934. So, very uh, interesting. And this is a film that Brennan chose. The, we yes. always let our, our special guest choose a film they want to discuss. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we'll get let, real quick before we d- dive in. We do always start with Joe's reaction to the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll see what. 
you know, <laughs> you know, I had no idea. I, you know, we always let we always let the guests the guests choose. That uh-huh. might have to be something we change. <laughs> <laughs> That might have to be something we change. No, I'm kidding. Well, basically, like, you know, we we had that episode about the fly. We saw the thing. We're doing the stuff about body horror. And Adam was like, okay, well, I know it's a body horror flick, so I'm just going to prepare myself for that. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't expecting it for me to, bo- to be, like, both the fly and the thing, like, together, um, <laughs> which was really interesting. Uh, I did not – I mean, it's not something I would put on, you know, and, and, uh, like, watch again. I'm pretty – I'm pretty – one and done with a lot of a lot of these uh, a lot of our horror films, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch this one again. I did um, I did appreciate like the filmmaking aspects mm-hmm. of it. So like how like the, the the these like really tight shots and just I appreciated all of that. Um, the actual like plot of what was going on we can talk about in a minute. But like also how I watched it was like I watched it by myself at night, like late at night, and I was texting Joshua. I'm like I'm about to start it, and then it kept going on, and then like. I was like maybe 30 minutes in and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, yeah, good luck sleeping tonight. Bye. So, so yeah, I'm watching something else. Joe. Yeah. I, but yeah, overall, uh, and we also watched it separately. So we don't usually do that too. Um, and it was just very, it was very interesting. Uh, and I, I did appreciate that. It was like, not, like a two hour film, like you know, it's just like a what a nice cool hour 80, 25 minutes. Yeah, 86. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a cool like 86 that, minutes. That is my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, this is perfect. I know that, like, it's it, it was all like the first 30 minutes is just like getting back into the house mm-hmm. and then it just kind of cascades from there. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was it was okay, but uh, it was really messed up. <laughs> Brendan, you want to take uh, give us the give us the plot synopsis, give our dear listener the, okay. the rundown. Uh, well, we're not afraid of spoilers, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, look, this is Stuart Gordon's follow-up to Reanimator, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is another very gross, crazy movie based off of H.P. Lovecraft that stars the same people, Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey mm-hmm. Combs. Uh, Jeffrey Combs plays... Oh, he has the craziest name. What's his name in this? Uh, he plays Crawford... Uh, Tillingast. Yeah. Tillingast. Yes. Yeah. Which is right out of the, 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 the short story. Yes. So it's, it's very 1936. Yes. <laughs> um, Crawford. And he works for the famous doctor, Dr. Pretorius, um, who's named after a character in Bride of Frankenstein. So they know their, you know, background. Yeah. Um, and basically they're creating this thing called the Sonic Resonator that supposedly, through, you know, magical bullshit science, can um, activate the pineal gland, which is a real gland that yep. we have. It's in, the, it's in the brain, in the front of the forehead. Um, I had to look it up. I was like, is this shit real? And I'm like, oh, crap. Now... <laughs> Now you're worried. It's in my. It's gonna pop out. It's in my head now. Um, So pineal gland. Yeah. So basically, it activates. It stimulates the pineal gland, which um, supposedly, according to the science of this movie, will basically activate your third eye. Like you can start seeing this kind of dimension that shares space with ours. Um, so you see all these, like, it kind of starts with these weird little barracuda monsters that are floating around uh-huh, in the uh-huh. air. Um, but the thing is, once you can see them, they can see you. Um, so they kind of start attacking and there's this weird presence that claims the life of Dr. Pretorius and he kind of merges with it. it it's very much a, a, I mean, pre Hellraiser, but I think post Hellbound Heart, the novella. Oh yeah, definitely. So it's definitely got a lot of Hellraiser vibes in terms of, I want to see farther experience mm-hmm. more because the pineal gland also stimulates your libido. 
So basically, um, Crawford Tillinghast gets put in this mental institution, and Barbara Crampton plays a famed psychologist who's... Catherine McMichaels. Yes. Dr. Catherine McMichaels. Of the House of McMichaels. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, who, you know, wants to study him, and she thinks the only way to find out what's going on with him is to go back to the house, turn on the resonator, re- recreate the experience, experiment, and see what happens. But they find... I mean, they go along with Ken Foray from Dawn of the Dead, yeah, who's playing cool this see, like, yeah. oh yeah, 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 this like cop who's on duty to just kind of make sure he doesn't go crazy. And when they turn on the resonator, they see what has become of Doctor Pretorius. He's this increasingly pink goo covered, slimy, melt face man. Um, <laughs> he was good, like good way to put it. That first scene, he's like, like look at my body. <laughs> I'm serving all of the body. Yeah, honestly. For, for he looks great for his age, just like Joshua does. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's a reference. Don't no, he's got a great butt in like that scene. Where he's well, like, no, oh, and like uh, he's he's shirtless for a shocking yeah. amount of the movie. I was it's like, like right. okay, daddy, okay, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. And he's then, like spanking that woman in the video. Yeah, You're like ready like, for it, Joe. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it when I thought about I thought about our, our dear friend Jackie from Jersey Ghouls when he like. <laughs> rips off her shirt and you can see her titty i was like where's the titty triangle unless not there but like it's titty hey jackie there you go there's your titty the 80s you know the the bikini how it always had oh yeah little triangle oh yeah (laughs) yeah anyways barbara crampton knows how to take care of herself um but yeah so basically dr pretorius is kind of standing in for this general like entity of the other dimension the, and Dr. Catherine McMichaels slowly becomes kind of addicted to using the machine. Mm-hmm. She is excited by what she sees, and she's like, oh, it's for science. But also, she's very, like, sexually stimulated by it, and becomes almost... It, it becomes an addiction. And her constant, like, sneaking off to use the machine gives Dr. Pretorius more power to kind of control the machine himself yeah. and try to kind of exert his influence over the real world. And Crawford Tillingist is too far gone in like how much he's used the machine and eventually his pineal gland bursts out of his forehead like a little anglerfish light situation (laughs) and he go he full out is like killing people and sucking their brains out of their eye sockets and dr mcmichaels has to figure out how to destroy the machine and stop his reign of terror essentially no <laughs> yeah when when the when he's asleep and like there's something coming out his forehead i was like no no i've seen alien i know what's happening next and then <laughs> when it and then as it progressed and then it like ejects itself from <laughs> and it's and then and then like the other doctor who was like you know sedate her if you must and then he's like like sucking her eyeballs out and then like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, of course I would want to, I would want to suck the purple drink from her head too. Like, but, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was insane. It was, a, it was, it was, it was a little cuckoo bananas, yeah. but, um, but I will say I probably would not have, I probably would not have understood it as much if I had not already seen like the thing and okay, the uh-huh. fly. Mm. The, the so, like really 
goopy, gross, special effects, 80s horror. Exactly. Because, like, at, when, you, when you see those two things, like, the thing and the fly, I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of handle this because the one thing that really creeped me out about the thing is that when, the, when it's, like, the little skittering monster yeah. with the legs, and I'm just like, no, fuck that. And that didn't happen <laughs> for the most part, no. which was great. Um, I don't mind eels. Just giant <laughs> hands coming yeah, out. Of I don't mind, like, you know, a little, like, you know, like, scary 80s unagi just, like, coming out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so it, it it but the other thing that was just like there was just a lot of there was this weird thing about sex there was a lot of sex yeah it like, um obsession i don't know can anyone speak to that a little bit because it's the 80s right? I mean, well this this movie was produced by charles band who's the guy behind full moon entertainment mm-hmm. uh, which makes all the puppet master and evil yeah. bong oh, and demonic toys and <laughs> yeah all of demonic that stuff toys, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very much a schlock producer of like, give him boobs, give him gore, kick him out. Um, this was back in the day when he was a little more respectable. He was working under the empire pictures label. They made reanimator. They made this, they made not too many other projects. I don't think, um, I I think Stuart Gordon is the best director to have worked with Charles band. I think, um, otherwise you get the like Jim Wynorski types who are just like making soft core. Um, Stuart Gordon was an actual like theatrical director. He gets good actors, give good performances and the stuff is just crazy and out there in every way it's possible to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the sex stuff is borrowed from Hellraiser. No. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of Hellraiser source material and Clive Barker in general, but I mean, in the have you you've not seen Reanimator, have you? No, I've heard okay. of it. We had a booth at Monster Mania that was uh-huh. like two booths away from someone who was like actually selling like uh, props or like like made up like props replicas, to, like replicas of like a, like it looked like a syringe filled with like, goo. like the green goo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I know it's a, I know it's a thing, and apparently it's on the list because. Uh, on the list for Fright School, but I, I, I know it, but I don't know it, know it. Yeah, no, um, well, Reanimator is, um, you know, uh, generally it's basically a zombie tale, but, you know, in a much more, like, gooey 80s way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's also a scene of Barbara Crampton, you get to see her boobs, uh, a severed head almost goes down on her. Um, oh, okay. It's very sexually transgressive, like mm-hmm. the, the works of Stuart Gordon tend to be. Um in ways, especially the one, the moment in this movie that I did forget about that made me really uncomfortable is when Dr. Pretorius like rips her shirt open and starts yeah. like, Oh God, his stretchy fingers. Yeah. I thought he was going to finger her. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 I'm not here for that. That was, that was a very eighties thing. Um, in terms of, you know, the sexual brutalization of women. And that's not something, obviously not something I'm in support of, right? but it's definitely something that's window dressing on a lot of movies like this, which yeah. is unfortunate. Totally. Um, I'm much more interested in her journey in terms of her j- journey halfway into the like S and M world that Dr. Pretorius was, which is the very Hellraiser thing. Like she puts on the leather, uh, like lingerie mm-hmm. and starts trying to, you know, she's trying to seduce her coworkers, and it's it's very like, oh, women are seductresses. This is how it goes. But I, in terms of like, uh, you know, just expressing a desire for more in every way it's possible to be, I'm like, oh, that part's kind of interesting. But you know, it's the '80s, and it's not done particularly well in that aspect. So I'm not defending that. <laughs> but yeah. no, totally. I think it's just sorry. You were oh no, I just 
look, I love kooky, crazy 80s shit, and this is like the height of that, and that does come with some drawbacks. No, yeah. totally. I mean, we're here at, you know, 86, probably what worked on in 85, most likely, probably yeah. filmed somewhere That's a good there. rule of thumb. So we're like in the middle of, you know, the 80s. This is like, you know, the decade of excess in, in general, <laughs> you know, of, and you have like Vivid Entertainment being like this enormous um, porn production company and like I feel like a lot of the women that were like in those films look like a lot of the women that were in horror films and you're getting more we're getting more comfortable with sex as a society in a way like having these sorts of conversations and I mean horror's always had that element like you said like the window dressing and yeah um, and unfortunately we've brutalized women for <laughs> centuries and centuries and centuries so of course it just feeds into like our, our media in general um, but I'm, yeah I, oh no, yeah, the media is born out of that, and it feeds into yeah, that. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a vicious cycle. Right, exactly. And so it's like, I think that in talking about that, like, the sexual nature of it, and just, like, the whole excessiveness of it, it's just so 80s, you know, in a way. Um, at least that, for me, when, when I was watching it, I was like, this is such an 80s, like, film. <laughs> you know, it just feels like, you know. Oh, yeah, look, um... I will say the reason I chose this movie is because yeah. my first experience with it was such a dazzling, crazy thing because we, I, I was, I was in an American film genres class where the whole semester was just about horror. Oh, cool. Um, it was so good. Um, so we started from like the universal pictures in the thirties all the way up until now. Um, but one, it was usually a double feature. Like we did the omen and the exorcist one night, which was like, Oh, that was too long. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, I, I left after the exorcist cause I was like, I've seen the omen. Right. I don't need yeah, to see yeah. it um, but it was usually double features of like the horror of, or the curse of Frankenstein and the horror of Dracula, like the hammer remakes of them. It was a really cool class. Yeah. But one night when it was kind of like a fun night before a spring break and we were in the eighties, we did reanimator and from beyond wow and so i was in this uh, our classroom was in the school theater it was like a auditorium with mm-hmm. a screen yeah and so i was in this auditorium full of people watching reanimator and people were like enjoying it or not enjoying it or whatever just watching but when from beyond came on the room just electrified because it's so repulsive mm-hmm. and strange and it was just like a because I had seen Reanimator before, but this is my first time seeing From Beyond. Um, getting to watch it in a room full of people, like either cheering or retching, or just going, "What the fuck are we watching?" <laughs> yeah. It's just such a, a a beautiful experience, and I just only ever want to experience that over and over again. So, how did the in the class that you took? How did they contextualize the film? Like, what was the point of watching that? Um, we had reached the eighties, and like I said, it was more of a like fun time, like send you off oh, to okay. break, like let's have this crazy double feature. Um, but I mean, in terms of like, did you have to write about them to write papers or do homework? Like, we had the, we had the option to. Oh, okay. um, what he did was like over the past six weeks, here are all the movies we watched. You can write a paper about like okay. one of these like okay. weeks that we did. Um. So I'm sure somebody did. I didn't because I think I ended up doing mine on The Last House on the Left and Wes Craven's oeuvre. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's definitely my jam, always and forever. Yeah, no, Last House on the Left. And that's, Ooh, that that's was, unrelenting as well. Ugh, that's, yeah. that's a tough watch. Well, I mean, that class was really interesting because for our final essays, he was it was it was basically a movie marathon assignment. He was like, you watch this movie in class, watch these four other movies that are related to it, like and compare and contrast and analyze all of it. Wow. So I was like, of course I'm doing the Wes Craven one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah. loved that class so much. That's awesome. Um, and that must have been fairly recent then. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, relatively, because it's like sometimes I wonder how people get away with showing certain things like nowadays because of the, you know, just like culturally, uh-huh. we're way more aware. We're having really difficult conversations, you know, fairly regularly about, you know, the content of, you know, pop culture stuff. Um, you know, so sometimes I wonder, like, how do you how do you get a film like this into a college, you know, classroom? Well, I mean, college <laughs> is definitely more liberal with yeah, what you're allowed to watch. Like, but still, oh, yeah. man, I had a uh, intro to film theory class where we watched Under the Skin. Oh, that wow. was crazy. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, um, it was like I don't know, 2013, 2014. It was pretty recently, and yeah. I mean, you're there to learn about it, like kit and caboodle. Like right. there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. We're discussing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like we're doing here, right? <laughs> um, but that was just a very fascinating watching experience, and it was a really interesting discussion afterwards to see like how it polarized the class. Um, yeah, there were man, a lot of there fun. were a lot of Joes in the audience. <laughs> I can only imagine the people who took that class and was like, oh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll sign up for this class because, yeah. you know, I don't like horror, but, you know, it fits into my schedule. And then watching... And we're going to watch movies. And, you know, <laughs> and then you're watching this film. From beyond. Yeah. 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 No, Immediate no drop. No one was ready. Yeah. It was a... No, it was just... I don't know. It was a beautiful thing because movies like this don't come around every day. No. They're, no. Mm, not at all. It's so <laughs> idiosyncratic and strange. Yeah. And I just, I appreciate when anyone's instincts are to go this full out in terms of like any creative exercise. It, it really kind of reminded me of the human centipede. How dare you? Yeah, well, it, in, in the sense of like you have um, a man who is, who is driven mad by his like, his supposed genius. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Like oh, his yeah. pursuit. Yeah, yeah. His pursuit of whatever. Like, and that's, and I, and those are like, and that's already like a trope that I just, I'm not on board of. It's just uh-huh. like, I'm just so, I'm a genius. Everyone else is a fuck is a fucktard. And here I am, you know, trying to make, do something. And, um, can't you see how yeah, genius can't I am? Can't you see how, <laughs> ge- how amazing I am? And then, and then you have like, what's fascinating too, is to see how, um, Catherine uh, plays against that when she's also similarly afflicted by mm-hmm. this quote unquote genius. Like she just wants to absorb it and is trying to, you know, let's bring him back to the thing. Let's turn it on. Let's do all this stuff. And she just can't, she doesn't know it for her own good, even though she's having these same negative effects. Yeah. And it's like, she's addicted to that kind of, it's almost like she's addicted to ambition in that, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I really like like right near the beginning where she comes into, you know, and at first I was like preparing myself, like especially working in mental health. I'm like, oh, oh I know. I wrote that asylum. Down. I'm like, well, this is going to go. But I really liked her character where they're, you know, because she's like, have you done brain scan? Have you done this? Have you done that? And they're like, no, there's no need. It's just like there's always more to see. I really like that line where how she delivers it, how she mm. says that. I'm like, that's right. Yes, there's always more to see. That is so true. And then, of course, that's kind of the whole point of the movie is like we're unveiling this secret you know realm that you know is right on top of ours um and uh what was my point <laughs> oh the, sci- the like the scientist thing i i like how this movie uh, kind of plays with that so i did find i found a uh, an article through the eyes of madness a critical analysis of from beyond 1986 this was published june 16th 2018 by colin newton uh, oh, recently. Colin yeah, Newton's very new to, very Idols recently. and Realities. Looks like it's a WordPress. Idolsandrealities.wordpress.com. You'll see that in the show notes. Um, but they, in this, they talk about um, that 
it, this it plays with like the idea that usually in in horror fi- or most films like the scientist comes in as the rational thinker as like the uh-huh. one who's got it together and we're going to solve this problem and that's not true in this case one you have Pretorius who's you know unlocked something in his own mind that you know and he's bonded with this creature in another dimension and then you have her who starts out kind of that rational way but then the same she like succumbs to it as well you know this kind of pursuit of of the vision you know mm-hmm. and, and of this other of other realm and she wants to get to the answers and it kind of undoes her as well mm-hmm. and i thought that was interesting i just thought that was an interesting reading because i didn't really think about it as i was watching it and then i was like oh that that's kind of cool you know because it's true usually the scientist comes in to mm-hmm. have all the answers and save the day and yeah, it, it is always interesting to look deeper into something like this because it is a very straightforward movie. It's a very oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thin thread of plot on which we're hanging just a lot of crazy effects and just doing yeah. whatever the fuck we can with it, which, you know, I enjoy. Um, but, oh, I wanted to ask you, it sounded like, Joshua, you were watching this for the first time as well. Is that true? I, yeah, I, it, to sit down and watch it from beginning to end. Oh, okay. yes, I have seen, like, clips. I remember it being on, like, television. A lot of my early... Um, uh, Interactions with horror was through what was called the movie matinee that was on Fox television when Mm. I was growing up, channel 19 or three, depending. (laughs) And, uh, they, so they would show movies like this, terribly edited to have them back, you know? And so I remember seeing an edited version of from beyond. Is it just the scene of Ken Foray making biscuits and that's it? (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like five minutes. Are those biscuits? They look like biscuits. I thought that was cauliflower. I was like, why Ew. is he showing them? Co- I, I don't know. I was just like, I'm like, what is he making? And why well, is it cauliflower? Yeah. It looked like biscuits and not gravy, but like stew. Like a stew or like a, I, I thought it was either like cauliflower, cabbage rolls, or like some dumpling of some sort. But it seemed I, bready. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure either, but I, but yeah, I mean, it's like, that's how, like I saw the thing that way and you know, a lot of horror where they, they edit out all the language and some of the really gory stuff uh-huh. um, with this movie. I mean, I, I don't think there was ever really a problem to show like the dripping goo kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Cause it's but not blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, like I said earlier, like chewed up bubble gum <laughs> kind of like yeah. with stuff stuck in it, you know, on the side of the road. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of what he looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. This is, again, I mean, that is kind of part of like the, you know, our show is kind of trying to find that cultural context or how can we like analyze this as like a, <laughs> like what's a deeper meaning here than, you know, I mean, you're right. It is kind of like this, this is just what it is. No, it, 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 it's simple, but it's also like, it is speaking to certain truths about a lot of horror and especially sci-fi horror filmmaking is about, you know, just hubris of yeah. reaching into something that you cannot turn back from once you tap into it yeah absolutely it's like we have gone too far and it has destroyed us like we've always been afraid of science in that way since like um i mentioned last week like in the 50s in terms of like the nuclear stuff we've got the mad scientist i mean back to frankenstein yeah he wants to play god and create life and that goes terribly wrong for him yeah this is one of a very long line of people just fucking right up at science yeah, it's 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 interesting when you. That's funny you should mention that because like you have a lot of uh, when it comes to like the science fiction horror, it's not necessarily it's either like invasion. Mm-hmm. So you, you have you're dealing with some sort of invasion narrative or invasion like that paranoia, the paranoia, or you're like it's we're stretching ourselves beyond uh, from beyond. We're stretching ourselves <laughs> uh, and trying to go above what it is that we we can. I mean, like you look at uh, what Flatliners, uh, yeah, uh, most recently. 
uh, that the Jake, remake of Flatliners, uh, the remake of Flatliners, <laughs> the the Jake Gyllenhaal movie in space, life, uh, life, and the, and the Cloverfield paradox yeah, is very similar too. Exactly, it's just like you know, and and it's always and the thing I love about films like this is that yeah, it's science fiction or it's it's but it's never truly about like are there aliens? It's always about like are should we even be going? that far like how how far are we going to at what point are we just going to admit that we should just let some things just be and not Mm. fuck with nature like that so and the fly is the same way too oh yeah yeah yeah, absolutely Yeah. yeah And again, and there, and there, you have it in the fly where it's like this guy who, you know, he's just trying to push himself, and he's trying to, uh, he's he he wants to, he's like, I'm going to achieve this at, at at all costs, and even though I love you, but, but I love my achievement, I love that more. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of felt like to go back to the film, I kind of felt that the 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 chemistry between uh, Catherine and Crawford was really forced. Like I didn't I didn't need them to be like all of a sudden you turn the machine on and they're like looking at each other and then you have yeah <laughs> it's you, effect of the machine it, exactly it's yeah, the yeah. and then like, and look if if you're erogenously stimulated and you're next to Jeffrey Combs are you gonna not like he's not he's not you know he's not like leading manhunt but he's, he's yeah know. he I mean you I'm know uh, like, well oh. well okay <laughs> oh man him and that like skimpy <laughs> speedo ah, when he falls down the stairs he's like laying there I'm like oh he has a whole scene <laughs> that's like yeah. everything well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. and I, I thought oh, about oh, that sorry. I was like why is he <laughs> I was like it's like is this guy a this guy's a cop and he just like got completely naked it's like sleeping in the next room and I'm just like uh, I was like who who was this for? Was this for us? And then yes. I, I thought there was a, a moment <laughs> where like, it looked like Crawford maybe had an attraction to him. Was it like, is when they get up to the, when they get up to, um, the, the attic and like you, he has a, he looks at, uh, um, I think Bubba, right? Bubba's his name, or yeah, like, it is. This, yeah, I mean, his nickname, right? He looks at the cop, and he's like looking at him, and I thought he was looking at him longingly, and then he looks at Barbara, and she's like asleep on the table. And Bubba I was, Brownlee, and I thought like <laughs> Officer Brownlee. Thank God, and I and I I thought that there was a a moment where I'm like, oh, can we read this character as like having some queer some queer feelings, like having some having some feelings, and immediately having to translate them to Barbara Crampton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is like, oh, like let's look at this woman who's sleeping and how. You oh. know, Oh, great she looks i did not notice that scene I, I, I you know i also try to read gay shit and everything look, like why not yeah yeah that's how we've had to live in this world for so long exactly uh yeah i didn't i didn't necessarily read it that way personally like you know it's having like a queerness although because of like the whole na- like the whole story of it like the pineal gland and they're all like suddenly all eroticized like it sounds it just too much like any of them penal I was like uh, the penal uh, gland. Like I was like, what is the penal gland? And can I get one? Like, or do I, I have one? Do you I think have you one? do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the thing is, I mean, look. There's also that scene where she is so erotically charged from this experiment that even though like he's already been half eaten by this basement lamprey monster, she commits all, sexual battery and like yeah. jerks him off a little bit. Yeah, yeah but he, he has no more hair. His face looks chapped. Mm-hmm. Like he just needs to rub. Bert's bees all over his entire face. Yes. And he's just red and flaky and just like, hell yeah, let's yeah, do this. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. she's like, ready I'm for ready. Um, I did, I was like, when they when he came uh, up in his uh, car, the first scene where uh, Bubba Brownlee's introduced, I was like, "Oh, there you're the first, you're the next one to die." Yeah. And I was just like, uh, "You know, we, they we gave him a horrible death. Yeah, oh, they just really devoured by awful. like space flies. Yeah, and he's like laying there with like his skin all gone, like you know the bone of his knee of his leg and stuff. It's like, oh, 
It did remind me a little of Candyman. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah, right. The like hollowed out cavities yes. of the body. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, that his the whole scene that was horrible. Like the ravages of his body. And of course, you know, he's the also the only one that's like sane, and yeah. he's the only one who's. Yeah, like, he's the voice of reason. He's the voice of reason. He's very scientist. look at yourself. Look at yourself. I got a lot of. Uh, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, lead guy in uh, Night of the Living Dead. Dwayne something. Dwayne Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dwayne Jones. Got a lot of, like, Dwayne Jones where he's like, you know, I'm the boss up here. You're the yeah. boss down there. Shaking people. And I'm just like, I'm like, it's nice that we have, like, you know, people of color, this black man be, like, this voice of reason. But at the same time, like, still keeping in line with that awful horror trope, you yeah. know, he's, he's the first to go. That's why I was like, well, maybe he is queer. I mean- <laughs> I am not look. I'm not defending this trope at all. But he's also the only one to go, and it is late in the third act. Like it's he true. is yeah, a he main character of this movie. Yeah. yeah. But of course, he is the cannon fodder. So yeah. like, it's not like, oh, they introduce him only to kill him immediately. It's like he does have a lot to do. But then, of course, he's the one that they sacrifice to further the story of the white people. Mm-hmm. Right. And but at least he's in a lot of this because I really like Ken Foray. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, yeah. After because in the aforementioned speedo scene, he does basically the basement's all flooded with water and stuff. So was mine. <laughs> yeah. And no, because he he gets he gets dunked in the lamprey water, and then you can see everything. Yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it all. It, yeah, We're I want to see it. more. Right, <laughs> turn on the I'm, resonator, <laughs> Joshua. I love when we have queer people on this podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> I can talk it's about a nice, it's a nice yes. change of pace. Yes, <laughs> um, from all the straight people, from the tons of straight. Right, people yeah, because of all the yeah, all the hetero, all of the heterosexuals that we have coming, uh, all three of them. <laughs> yeah, I going back to the. Um, the article. The article that I was reading. Sorry, thank you. The Articles like of reading. Confederation. Yes. yes. Um, there's a, a this person does a reading about addiction uh, of the film, and I just did a reading about a dick. So yeah, close enough. Yeah. yeah. There's your segue. Uh, so the idea that addiction <laughs> is a psychological disease and that junkies are sick, and it's a sickness that can claim even the film psychiatrist, and by extension, the most educated, worldly, and seemingly rational amongst us. Absolutely. Uh, but what yeah. she's addicted to is the ability to see more, a vision we could all unlock at the cost of our sanity. Uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, giving just an, a little deeper read here. And, and obviously, um, when we think about the 80s, and again, with queerness, like if you think about like AIDS, like in the, you know, this whole like the, the, the punishment for seeking carnal knowledge, you know, is death, is, you know, the destruction of the body, you know, and that queer people deserve this on them because are you doing aids huh? are you going aids i just said AIDS, yeah but i'm yeah, just okay. yeah yeah but like the idea kind of like with the fly talking about cancer but also because of the 80 i mean it just automatically a lot of you know it just comes up that you give it this sort of reading that yeah. we're we're punished for the the pursuit and because queer men especially you know we don't have babies and we don't do this is all purely for pleasure and not as if we're you know actually romantically in love with each other you know so we're punished for mm-hmm. you know you know this pursuit of pleasure you know kind of like again with hellraiser if you were tying it to that and the hellbound heart has the same thing you know we have such sights to show you there's this thin line between pleasure and and pain and you know and the, the cost of that of seeking that out um so i thought i think that's kind of you know an interesting thing to tie it to yeah and well and uh, like you said especially in the 80s expanding beyond that like really safe like suburban reagan middle class mm-hmm. america and that lifestyle was a 
profoundly dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Um, in terms of AIDS, in terms of, you know, hate crimes and how people yeah. were treated and yeah, no, I mean, that's totally on the, on the money. Yeah. I just, I think it's interesting to contextualize that way. Now, again, did they sit down and think we're going to make a film that speaks to AIDS? Like, no, probably not, but it's cool to, you know what I mean? That we can, you know, give it that sort of, you know, yeah. reading. I think, I think it's very interesting. And the, and the, um, addiction thing I, I think is, is interesting as well because it does, it fundamentally changes who these people are mm-hmm. as, as they further pursue, you know, have have either of you you have you either seen Black Mirror, Black the most recent season of Black I know, Mirror? I've only um, seen that first episode with the pig. Okay, I've seen a, c- a couple episodes randomly. So there's like the uh, the final episode of the most recent season of Black Mirror. There's like a it has like a couple multiple stories inter like you know woven throughout the this particular this is overarching narrative in the final episode. And there's a moment there where it's talking about like the doctor, this doctor who um, has an implant where he can experience other people's pain and it makes him a better uh, diagnostician. But what ends up happening is that he accidentally, uh, he accidentally experiences someone dying, which when he experiences that, it gives him the biggest high. And so, yeah, I would recommend, I would recommend it if nothing, just the last episode, just to watch, uh, just to listen to that story because it's really fucked up but it's also like then he starts he goes into that like it, he goes into that trope of like oh how far can I push my body to try to experience that like unbelievable moment of euphoria where like because he basically died and then experienced it lived through it and now he's trying to chase that Ooh, feeling again uh, and again that's interesting yeah kind of like flatliners yeah it, it, like flatliners but like and then it took a really weird sexual turn because like you know he could does. he could explain because it's the way he experiences it is that the other person has to wear this like really weird helmet so when he when someone comes in they don't know what's wrong he like is able to um feel what they're feeling and think oh it's his appendix or whatever mm-hmm. but then they do like he ex- he put it on his like girlfriend and then he's experiencing pleasure as both a man and a woman Ooh. Oh, like at the same yeah at the oh. same time oh, that's interesting and so i was just like so adding that, so that kinky element on top of the fact that now he's also experiencing pleasure from pain, like is is a lot of things. But th- this film reminded me a lot of that, especially uh, towards the end when Crawford is like searching, looking for people, and uh, to figure out like um, to, to like looking at their purple brain and trying to like suck it out of their eye sockets. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, she just looked thoughts at thoughts on it. No, no. Oh, I mean- <laughs> Yes. Like, <laughs> Approved. <laughs> yes. I just, I mean, that, again, in, in that first screening of mine, when the uh, when the pineal gland is finally, like, fully burst out of his head, and he's just sucking out, um, that doctor, Dr. Block, was actually played by Stuart Gordon's wife. Oh, cool. Um, so he's huh. sucking out her eyeball, his little... Uh, it's an interesting way to, like, work out some stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think of, like, in the Sweeney Todd movie, where, like, Helena Bonham Carter gets burned alive. I'm like, oh, Tim, yeah. are you, like, working something out there? <laughs> like, what's going on? Anyways, <laughs> I'm sure he was. Oh, oh, oh my! <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I kept moving it away from my foot. <laughs> um, Don't worry, we'll cut this out. Uh, whatever. No. Um, no, but as we're real, he, yeah. <laughs> as he's sucking at her eye, the little glands like kind of flicking against her face. It's such a disgusting little detail. Yeah. But I love that they included it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I mean, shout out. Um, a lot of the effects in this movie were done by John Carl Buechler, who just passed away. So R.I.P. Oh. Um, he's also the director of Friday the 13th Part 7. He created the, like, Kane Hodder Jason. 
Um, I don't know. He's a really cool. influential special I, effects guy. Yeah, I did not know that. Really That's cool. Awesome. He also directed the original Troll. <laughs> oh, I love that. With Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> Those... Uh, Troll movies are fun. <laughs> uh, I'd have to. I should show you Troll too. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> it's so freaking bizarre. Um, what else was it? I wanted to bring up. Um, oh, I do like again. Like this kind of borrows um, Im- like imagery from like the thing and the blob, but mm-hmm. it gives to Stranger Things, like the creature in the basement when it when it opens uh-huh. up. I mean, it looks almost identical to, to the Demogorgon. To the, to the Demogorgon. Oh yeah, yeah. I I saw that and I was like, oh cool. You know, just to get like the the trace of that, especially with Stranger Things being set in the eighties and mm. like dealing with kind of the same thing, this whole upside down world. It's like, wow, you Stranger Things and From Beyond have a lot in common. Yeah, in terms I, of like the oh, yeah. the parallel dimensions that mm-hmm. are like occupying the same space. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, that yeah. worm was totally the whole face. Like when it opened up, I'm like, oh man, with all the spikes in it and stuff, it looks. It, I mean, exactly like my I have a Funko Pop of the. Huh, I again. wonder. I wonder. Well, eighties, right? So. They definitely did their homework making that show. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like watching that show, it's Stranger Things. I mean, with um, yeah, all the 80s references, it's, it's delicious for, like, you know, genre fans. Yeah. <laughs> I want a nightgown. Like, what is it about, like, a woman walking through, like, a, like a house in a horror film, and she's, like, wearing this, like, Flowing. really ethereal, like, gossamer well, nightgown? It, just, <laughs> it makes you look like you're floating, because you yeah. can't see the legs moving. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> Because when she, like, I was like, what is it with, like, night? Because, and then when, like, it gets ripped off and you see her tits, I was just like, oh, it's a nightgown. Like, yeah. you know, she clutches it to herself while she's in there, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did, like, right at, like, at the beginning, so just some of my random notes I made. I like how Crawford, like, no chivalry with that old lady who's he's like, get the fuck out of oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> he's running out. And then the lady who's so concerned about her dog is like, fuck my dog, I'm going. And then she's like, oh, wait. Uh, bunny, bunny yeah. yeah, and then she's like going back in, and that is, it's so weird because it like takes them forever to get out of the house, and it takes her forever to get back in. I'm like, what the? Hell? It's like oh, this weird. There's like a crazy <laughs> shot of when she's running down the stairs, yeah, and yeah, flailing yeah, yeah. her yeah. arms. It's almost like on a gimbal or something. It's yeah. like moving with her in this really bizarre yeah. way, and he's like behind her trying to like shut. Yeah, away. <laughs> and the dog's like, oh, I'm just gonna wander in. Look, and he just happens. watched an indescribable monster devour his boss's head. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's true. You're right, but I just love that he's like pushing this lady out of the way. Like, I appreciated the dog off. like eating the head or eating the yeah. the like the severed body. But I, like as the camera was like panning over it, I was like, "Oh, are you going to see it? Are we going to see it?" And then it cuts to the credits, and I was like, "No, want to see it? You kind of see it. It look it just it looks strange. It's hard to tell like what it is." Yeah, I was just like, what is the dog eating? And like, then you see like Pretorius's body. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. I thought they were going to keep going with it, but they ended up not. And I'm just like, oh. Mm, okay. Yeah, there's definitely some weird, like when his head like turns into that like big sucking creature and it's trying to like suck on her. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, although she doesn't lose her hair and stuff. Just, I guess, the worm. They're different Oh, things. yeah, it's a lamprey monster. Right, right. Versus... I don't know. Whatever he was. The, <laughs> again, it reminded me a lot of the thing, you know, especially how uh-huh. his face like Just rips open right and things open. come out uh, of it. Um, love it. But yeah, that whole scene where he's like sucking on her, I was like, <laughs> this or, is very weird. <laughs> or how about the part where he fully transforms into this like hunchbacked hobgoblin that's <gasps> yeah, just this like yeah. pink crab, but with his head on this like proboscis? <laughs> Like yeah, like some kind of plesiosaur creature thing. Yeah, I don't. No. <laughs> yeah. And then he grows wings. Joe was like, end. "This is hot." I'm into it. I'm like watching this, and I was just like, 
I have to watch this because it's good content. This is good. You make good content, Joe. You don't have to like. You don't have to like everything. Um, is it worse than Inside? No. Um, no. <laughs> no. Well, that, that's that happens to be my litmus test now. Uh-huh. Like, is it as bad as Inside? No, it's not. But it's also like not. It, it, it has an it has an interesting message. It's just like don't don't kink shame and you know uh, know your limits. <laughs> yeah, like that's actually a really good line too, where yeah. she's like, "I'm not interested in his personal life. Like we're here to talk about the scientists." Yeah, I was so like, "Huh?" And then when he's all like, "He was into some crazy shit," and I'm like, "Well, I'm not interested in his personal life. You know, he can do whatever he wants." And then if you think about it, like some scientists, like they're they're also people too. You know, they yeah. they're a little they're a little creaky. Oh. Yeah. Also, I mean uh-huh. the deep amount of shock that uh bubba had at that i was like snm's like really common a lot of people do it just chill it's fine <laughs> yeah totally yeah. I, I i dug that i did not expect like there to be an entire room <laughs> oh he has a full christian gray red room it, yeah i was ready. just like dang this is the, really and is this where jeffrey combs is staying because he's always sleeping in that room is there not a... yeah he was staying in there was there did he where was he sleeping when he was staying there before everyone, you know, died? Like, it was a huge mansion. Surely there's another room he could have slept in. Well, it was weird because he comments on that. He's like, you know, I just like listen to them every night, all the dinners and the laughing, and it always ended in screaming. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Is it like screaming because of like the whipping and like she was into that or like that whole part was really odd to me because they didn't mm-hmm. really clarify like in the end, like, wait, is he murdering and like sacrificing women to this like entity in the wall or it's just that they're into S&M and they're like having yeah. fun beating each other, which is fine. Totally yeah, it, acceptable. Guess, yeah, the, it was just a weird, I guess you could say the consent of the women is unclear. Yeah. Um, but it seems consensual. It seemed consensual. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well like, from the video, definitely like she's into, it. Oh yeah, she's, she's, here for she's it. having fun. It's, it's, it's just interesting because it's like you, it, it also, the movie kind of posits and the writing kind of posits that because he was so, um, so into like S and M in that way uh-huh. that it just made his like mind even more susceptible to the entities from beyond. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm just like, is I, that no? It, I think in some ways, yeah. There's because there's he's like he's more susceptible. Read. Yeah, exactly. He's more susceptible to like you know like actually survive the you know survive the transformation uh-huh. and and then like want to like consume it. But like I felt like you know again that's another kink shamey kind of thing where it's like just because. He enjoys, you know, a little slap and tickle, like a literal <laughs> slap and tickle. The, you have, he's like now going to go eat someone and, um, you know, let me give you a kiss. And the kiss is actually uh, him yeah. like sucking your head, yeah. um, which was very like, that was, that was a little like little shop, you know, like, it's like yeah. uh, feed me Seymour. Well, it's problematic in the, only in the sense that it's like, cause in, in the context of this movie, it makes like SNM, BDSM seem like it's some nether regions of sexual expression and because he's already gone that far you know like pushing into this other world full of monsters where he you know what i mean his like the whole pleasure thing as like that. that was his original intent of doing it in the first place right like trying to yeah. find yeah, yeah. like it, like look yeah if, if you're being stimulated beyond the point of snm i think there are a lot of gradations between turning into a pink goo monster <laughs> right. um first i you know shitting on a glass table like that's in between probably if there's yeah. there's a lot of stages <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, a glass Again, bottom I boat. Mean, yes, that's people yeah. do whatever you want to do. No, that's I not mean, a like, bad yeah, thing. Like, yeah. I, okay, but so, but it's just like in that, like with what you're saying, like when you kind of put those things together again, it does much like with like a, the what I was saying with like queer sex and you know the, we're punished for it always, and it's what we deserve. It's like the same thing. Like, well, if he hadn't been doing all this BDSM shit, you know, like yeah. I mean, it just kind of yeah. gives it that sort of 
yeah. read. If, if you're just like your average person watching it, like, oh, see, that's what that leads to. <laughs> just with your rosary. <laughs> right. You're just like, oh, no, Santa Maria, please help. But, uh, I mean, in terms of the way that, you know, people misinterpret kink and fetish <laughs> communities and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. do you think if there was a remake of this, they would just be furries? Ooh. Be like, it made him into a tiger with a face on it. May I, you know I don't know yeah because the the yeah the furry community I think again is really misunderstood yeah. you know and I had I worked I, in my the first band I had um, the keyboard player was a furry oh. and it was very interesting because this was gosh that's probably nineteen or twenty fourteen fifteen years ago and um, it was usually, definitely less of a public oh, thing yeah. at the time yeah and it was so funny because it's like I had been out for like I came out in high school and um, you know growing up like small towns. So it's like, I was always kind of the freak, you know, like people always ask me like, oh, so yeah. queerness, what's that? Or not even queer at the time. That, what's like, that about? So to be in that position, it's like their, their lives are so vanilla. that it's like, Oh, that's so shocking. Tell yeah. me everything. Yeah. And then for me, like my life felt really vanilla when it was like the furry thing. But then he's like, well, no, it's not really about sex. Like I, I, I get why you think that like, I'm not into bestiality and it's really not about that. You know? So it was kind of this interesting uh-huh. sort of conversation. Obviously it's expanded. And for some people it is about sex. Some people it's not, you know, whatever that's all. Everyone you know, gets everything out of everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, but it was an interesting situation to be in where I'm like, Oh, I can ask some questions. So like, cause I'm not the, you know, I'm not, the most bizarre in the room which again i don't think it's that bizarre like having worked in adult entertainment and you know being going to school at night and working with like sex human sexual behavior i don't find a lot of things bizarre (laughs) Uh, but um yeah i don't know that'd be interesting do you want to make that movie i mean (laughs) an adult entertainment movie no from furries (laughs) instead of instead of bdsm it's like they're just in their costumes yiffing i mean look their avatars no, I don't think anyone should remake From Beyond. I think it's perfect as it okay. is. I agree. Um, I agree. But I, I like the... For different reasons. Yes. <laughs> I like the ethos of it. Yeah. I just... Every movie I make... I would, I would be like the Baz Luhrmann of that type of movie. Just like, okay. put it all in there. Get yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, all the colors. I'll come see it. You make that movie, I'd be very, very interested. I, I think that could be cool. Well, you haven't, haven't Nicole really... Kidman would be into it. Yeah. You know? oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, do we really have... Because sometimes you can see, like, as horror as we progress here, you can kind of see how things tie back, you know, and you can kind of, you know, we're in an interesting time where we're seeing, like, the, you know, the social justice age playing out in horror, like with Get Out and us, you know, and and films to come. Um, We're we're kind of seeing that happen. Um, Happy New Year by... Uh, the um, the into the dark uh, yeah the into the dark on Hulu thing you know that's like in that you know kind of realm where it's sort of we're, we're starting to see what these conversations are leading to in horror I'm kind of curious to see like what a reinvention of like that or, kind of yeah th- this kind of film yeah we're, we're not, not really getting that right now yeah I can't think I was trying to think like I can't think of anything that really does that because even Stranger Things although it borrows like that imagery from the thing and from like you know obviously very directly from from beyond. Um, it's not a gross-out body horror. No, show. it's it's Stephen King meets Joe Dante. Yeah, kinda. the Goonies. You know, it's got kind of you know got that sort of vibe um, it, it, to me. Like you know, when I think of the Goonies, the, the kind of kids banding together. It, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I can't think of anything that's like. Uh, well, what was it? Anti birth or whatever with. Uh, well, this is With like Natasha Leone. Mm-hmm. This is like far beyond the mainstream at this point, yeah. though. Like in terms of like theatrical yeah. horror, that's not really what we're looking at right now. No, but it'd be interesting to see what that would look like now. 
And I will say, <laughs> if you can find me a grosser theatrical horror movie, I would love to watch it. Because I think this is, if not the number one, in the top five. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty pretty gross. Because I also think of, like, you know, the blob from the 80s, the remake. Oh, yeah. Where it's really I love gross. Like, yeah, movie. me too. Yeah. And I love the scene where the girl's in, like, the, the pat, and she's, like, sucking, you know, like, disintegrating. It's, uh-huh. like, it's such a cool, gross scene. But, yeah, overall, that this that ties in with that time frame but again we're back in the 80s so mm. i don't know huh i have to think see if anything's out there <laughs> um any other off the wall thoughts <laughs> strange mm. oh i was gonna say that i i also i really enjoy stuff from the lovecraft universe mm. um obviously hp lovecraft's got a lot of problematic uh stuff there uh but i really like films that kind of pull from like the cthulhu mythos you know things like this or um uh, what is it at the mouth of madness? Yeah, the the, madness. the John Carpenter movie. Yeah, yeah, in the mouth like, of madness. yeah, I love like things that kind of play with Lovecraftian uh, imagery. Reanimator um, was also Lovecraft, right? Yes, I yeah. read that on Wikipedia last night. Yeah, the, this direct he, or didn't they do five or six films yeah, that were um, kind of part of this? Lovecraft they did Castle Freak. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dagon was one of them as well, which I think was based on Shadow of Innsmouth. Um, I don't know. I'm not incredibly well-versed in the H.P. Lovecraft world. Um, he's, he's just a little dry for me. Yeah. And, you know, his stuff, he's famous for his monsters being indescribable. Like, you're supposed to kind of imagine them, or it's like, it's so horrible, you cannot describe it in written word. And it's like, well, that's kind of your job, man. Like, right. I want to I hear about this stuff. <laughs> I see what you did there. You're a genius for thinking that, but no. Like, yeah, well, no, he, yeah, like he a little bird a boxy, oh. right? Like he, we he, we can't describe what uh-huh. the monsters are because we can't see them. And I did, I liked Bird Box a lot. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought we, it was we, good. No, I mean, yeah, we we did too. We uh, what's that episode called? A douche in a suit. Like it's oh, yeah. it's his fault. The douche, the white douche in a suit yeah, is the reason. Don't why. ever trust that guy if he shows up. <laughs> Leave him outside. Uh, <laughs> Dumpling, don't open so the door. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the same. No, I'm not like. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. It's like I do like the Lovecraft world, but I don't read a ton of Lovecraft because it mm-hmm. is. It's very dense and you know, kind of like Edgar Allan Poe, like I, which I do like, and he, he has some very beautiful poetic like works. But there's some of his stories that are like, oh my god, this oh my, is so I'm, dry. I can't. When can't I connect. when I first started reading through the collected works of Edgar Allan Poe, like one of his first stories and one of the first ones in the collection is about a man who takes a hot air balloon to the moon. I'm like, I can't say I expected this. Yeah. It's incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah. It's very fake science. Yeah. I don't know. It, you know it, it's why he drank. 1800s. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Too soon? Too soon on Edgar Allan Poe? Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But if we're talking like classic horror authors, this is a little more contemporary, but I would say definitely read Richard Matheson if you haven't. Yeah. I love his work. Uh, yeah. There's something by him that I read. Um, I mean, he wrote I Am Legend, which yeah, has my. been made into like three different movies of varying degrees of quality. <laughs> um, I was, I was going to say there's a book called 14. Um, that I really like. That's kind of Lovecraft mythos. Uh, Peter Klein's. Uh, it's about like an apartment building that's like a a machine Ooh, okay. that is c- keeping like the like the Cthulhu you know world um, at bay. Uh, it's really it's really interesting. Um, if there was something that we were talking about. I think it was in the you know part one of this episode with uh, Stephen King. I really love his son Joe Hill. Oh, I okay. I've never ventured books. that far. Yeah. I highly recommend because he does, he, I mean, there's a little bit, 
I mean, I wouldn't say nepotism because he changed his name uh-huh. to avoid the king thing. But like um, people know, right? Yeah, but well, I mean, for long, I mean, he did, he did have to work to get published. People like rejected a lot of his stuff, and then it came out that he was, you know. Stephen King's son, and I think people gave it a little bit more. But but I think he's a better writer than his father, and he benefited obviously from, you know, growing up rich and yeah. having a good education, things like that. But um, it doesn't really have to do with Cthulhu, though, but or like that that sort of Lovecraftian mythos. But I will say that I I, I do really enjoy his work. Okay, I like <laughs> the, the movie Horns. Yeah, 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 and the book is really beautiful. He's he's okay. a very good writer. Horns was edited by Baxter. Was it really? <laughs> yes, it was. I believe nice. it was. Yeah. Did high attention. Yeah, well, uh, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Alexandra uh, Aja did direct. Oh yeah, he did direct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think they must work together because he did the Hills Have Eyes movie and like yeah. others. So it must just be his guy, Baxter, like, like yeah, Cher, like Baxter, like Cher. Yes. Yeah, he's the yeah. Cher of the editing world. That's what we were saying. Whenever he shows I up, just, <gasps> no, because I listened to your high attention episode, mm-hmm. and all I could think of, I just, I have friends who have a dog named Baxter, and I'm like, oh, good for him. It's the it's the dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now we're going to think it's like a dog. He came up with the twist. Yes. Uh, Explains so much. Right. Um, she's, she's a lesbian. Oh, right. That's the twist. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> that was the twist of blue is the warmest color for me. Like, whoa. I was not anticipating this. Right. Blue, uh, blue is the warmest color. Um, call me by your name. Um, uh, spoiler alert. They're gay. Um, so one, one thing I will say is that, um, about this, this particular film is that like what, what kind of kept me going, even though I'm just like, you know, it's, it's like, I just couldn't look away because it was so horrifying. (laughs) But like what kind of kept me going was again, like the, the kind of language of filmmaking that they're using Mm -hmm. and, and the, and the way that he, the way that Stuart Gordon just had this command over the camera. Like, Oh yeah. He's a very talented director. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, you know, I, can stand things that I don't like, but it's also really well made. And, it, and that's something that, you know, if, if that's a closing thought or whatever, like the idea like you can, you can still make something that's really good and also make something that is like completely nuts. Oh and, yeah. But it's, you can't deny that like it was really well made. Well, from, thank you. I agree. Yeah. yeah for reaching know. into your heart. Yes. There was like, it was like, Brennan, you did go to film school. You picked a, you picked <laughs> a, nut, a nuts movie that was also very well made. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really good shots in it. And you know, I like the use the color, you know, like the intensity of mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of reminds me oh, of yeah, Argento, the, like, you know, pure neon of it. Yeah, That's yeah. also something I, I hate subtle color palettes. I'm like, give me all of the colors. Right. I want every single one. So New Suspiria was not color right, palette. Was, not <laughs> I mean, the final act of New Suspiria was oh, fun. Gosh, but... so fun. I actually really, really like that. But it's, again, it's like the, it's the whole thing. It's like an experience, putting mm-hmm. it on with the music and... I was running a slight fever while watching that movie, which is the per- it's the way it was intended to be watched, yeah, I think. That, um, it's like a fever dream. Yeah. I didn't love that one. But yeah, the original Suspiria is definitely the color palette I want from oh, all yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mean like all primary color like backlighting? Intense, basically, right? yeah. yeah. Just everything is looks like you're inside of a jug of Kool-Aid. Yes. Yep. The whatever hotel or hostel they're in in the first time, I was like, did Wes, did, did Wes Anderson build this? Because oh, yeah. it was very, like, Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, geometric. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's yeah, beautiful. Um, all right, well, let's see. That was uh, From Beyond, 1986. I, I recommend giving it a, a watch. Joe, you're not yeah. going to watch again? Not rushing home? To- no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to watch yeah. home. No, no, no. no. Yeah, uh, that's, where did that, you find it, by the way? Uh, Amazon. Okay, Amazon. Yeah, that's what I did. It's yeah, a rented, you can rent it on Amazon. It's famously not streaming really anywhere else. I think it's streaming on like some of the weird ones, like 2B TV or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but also... I didn't find it free anywhere. Uh yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that, because I have the Scream Factory Blu-ray of From Beyond, uh, so oh. I would recommend checking that out as well, because it's a really good print. Cool. That's the one that came out a couple of years ago, like the yeah, collector's it was, edition or something they put out. Yeah, I bought it at around the time that I watched it for class, so it has okay. been like five-ish years, probably. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I will say, if you ever uh, deign to have me back, I will choose a more <laughs> tempered movie for you. No, guys. no, well, that's the other thing. No, I, this is perfect. Like, yeah. you you should, I was like, you should let your freak flag fly and I'll just have to deal with it. Okay. No, I, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying maybe not less crazy, but maybe less gross. Right. I mean, I, you yeah. know, it's fun to have the challenge. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> you, you need mountains to climb. Yeah, exactly. Like the, I'm already, you know, Joshua is the horror Sherpa of the mountains of madness, right? So I just have to keep going. I just have to keep getting pushed. We, we, uh, last couple anniversaries we've had, we just do a check-in of like, Joe, how are you doing? It's been a year. And it's like, I'm good. I'm still here. You're still here. Right. Um, you're not dead yet. Uh, I haven't killed you. No. And it was, I mean, it, it really is fun because, because so often I pick the film. So I already have an analysis uh-huh. Uh, uh, an analysis of it. I already kind of have an idea of where we're going to go and how the conversation is going to be. So it is fun when we get something like this. That's like a curveball, or like on the horror movie night episode I did, where it was cheerleader camp, where it's like, okay, I have to find a way <laughs> to talk <laughs> to about bring my, camp. like bring our brand to it. Like they've invited mm-hmm. me here to talk about it, you know, in, in this kind of like, what would fright school say about this? Or, you know, I, I so it was kind of fun yeah. to, to watch this film and sit there and think like, okay, how can I analyze this? Like, no, you know, in that sort of realm. That can be an, a challenge in more, in movies with more simple narratives. Mm-hmm. But I think like what, you know, we collectively did, I think is probably the right approach for that is kind of expanding out and looking at it as part of this bigger yeah. wave of something. Totally. There's always something there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I recommend that you check it out. I, you know, highly recommend the other movies we talked about. Um, read the Hellbound heart. Cause it, yeah, I think it does have a lot to, in common with uh, Hellraiser, especially with that pursuit. And when he comes out, it reminds me a lot of Frank and the Frank monster and that kind of you know thing, especially when his like face falls off. Like I'm like, Oh, this reminds me a lot of Hellraiser, but this came before the act, the filmed version of Hellraiser that came out. Yes. In it came before the film, but after the yeah. source material. Yeah. Although, I mean, like we said, the source material for this was in the thirties. So Lovecraft has us all beat. Um, all right. Well, uh, again, we appreciate you coming on, uh, one last time for your, uh, well, not one last time. Cause I would definitely love to have you back on. No, I would love we to want you to yeah, be on yeah, the show. Please, please. Uh, but, uh, at least for now, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at it's raining brands. You can find my shows on Twitter at scream one, one pod and queer wolf pod. And, because I was talking about Richard Matheson earlier, I was like, what short story should I recommend? And there is one, I couldn't, I was trying to figure out if this was the title, if I'm misremembering it. I think it is. It's called Dance of the Dead. Um, it's about this kind of post-apocalyptic world, and they go to a bar where they take corpses and just inject like a syringe into them that makes their muscles twitch in this weird herky-jerky way. Oh. And it's, you know, it's a very simple story, like from beyond, um, but it's delivered in this really twisted horrifying way and i would really recommend it it's really oh, cool. it's very well written and very creepy all right well i love that so yeah dear listener 
take note. Yes. Um, one more time for, uh, let's see, uh, Colin Newton, Through the Eyes of Madness, a critical analysis of From Beyond. Uh, find us. We're going to be at Midsummer Scream, August 3rd and 4th. Uh, use code Fright School, one word, capitals, for 28% off tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to get that in there. I forgot to totally oh, mention yeah. that well, at all. Yes. <laughs> you, can, you can also find me at Midsummer Scream, but it'll be less easy to find because I'll be wandering around and not at a booth. Yes, and if you find Brennan, bring him back to the Fright School booth and we'll give you a prize. Oh, uh, yeah, you know actually, what? come and hang out with us. Yeah, actually, that would be great. <laughs> you, you can recognize my voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just keep talking. It'll be like, okay. are you Brennan? <laughs> like, we have now put a price on your head, so now. Oh, know. yeah. No, yeah, I, I'll, I'm very happy to be the golden snitch of Midsummer Scream. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> it's the most dangerous game, and you are now here, and here okay. you go. So yeah, you have to, that means you have to listen to every episode of Scream 101 and Queer Wolf to just memorize my vocal exactly. patterns. Um, also, I'm going to be with Ryan Larson and B Bass of the Keep Screaming podcast. So listen to all of those too, and then you'll know all of us. Cool. All right. Well, we love it. Uh, thanks again for bringing this uh, fun uh, movie. It, it really was a good time to watch. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And just, you know, for me, it's like, oh, it's fun to watch these kind of like gross out movies. Because I usually, oh, yeah. we are always in the pursuit of things like The Exorcist or Care, you know, things that have like, you know, where we're like, oh, it's serious, you know, kind of. So, it's going to be really academic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to do these kind of movies too. Because I forget, you know, I forget about them. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, wow, God, this is, this is perfect for you yeah, know, what it, we do. It's important to remember so, that. Horror is fun. Yeah. Also. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. So if you take away anything, it's a, just remember that horror is also fun. Yeah. And don't let Fright School uh, dampen your, dampen your experience. It's dry it. No, I think it's so important to plumb the subtext of these movies. But yeah. also, like, you know, you can get everything out of it. You yeah. can get the smart stuff and you can get the like visceral, like crazy fun stuff. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, this would be fun with a group of folks, like having drinks and, you know, or smoking, whatever your, whatever yeah. your uh, thing is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Joe, thanks for hanging out and still doing this. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> thanks again, Brennan, for coming oh, yeah. on. No problem. All right. Well, uh, good night. School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.